in there, perform and deliver. Respect, last count, Corda. It will be one sentence and I am responding. What a load of spin and nonsense. He has only challenged my personality and pointed out my gender. And cop on a small bit, Taoiseach. Welcome to the Polling Station podcast with Neve and Amy, where each week we try to make politics a little bit easier to grasp. And this week we are going to be talking about what is happening in Poland and more specifically what has happened to the court system, the judiciary system there that has led to all these kind of human rights violations in Poland. And I think like myself and Eve do be talking about like a lot of what politics are happening in the world now and it's all COVID, COVID, COVID. And I think mm. sometimes in the COVID saturation, we can lose sight of some other really important stuff that's happening around us, which I think is what's happened with Poland. Oh, d- definitely. I think within the last, like since the pandemic, I suppose, obviously everyone knows there's been a rise of far right politics since 2016 and it's made its way across Europe and it's probably not talked about and given the coverage or the extent that it's needed. And I think Poland is kind of one of those countries that has kind of stayed within the political ideology of the far right. What we've seen with the 2020 presidential election of Andreas Duda and then what we're seeing now with the violation of the court system, and I suppose as well, it's maybe interesting to shed a light on and to highlight more and um, because it's also talks of other you know far right alliances we've seen mm-hmm. anyway on the European stage with Hungary and possibly Italy so I think as well just because there are certain right-wing figures who have left p- politics especially in America with Trump out of office it doesn't mean that it hasn't left Europe yeah exactly and kind of what put this on our radar was that last Thursday, the Court of Justice of the European Union, so that's the European Union's court that they have to uphold justice and most specifically kind of like human rights and judicial reviews and all things like that. They ruled that Poland had breached the independence of its own judicial system due to the fact that two recently appointed Supreme Court judges were not impartial, nor were they independent, which breached EU law, and that also uh, that recent government reforms have put the country at odds with the European Union, that judges in Poland can now be subjected to disciplinary proceedings and sanctions if authority deem their rulings inappropriate, which is, like, very shady. <laughs> it just kind of, it, it definitely does, like, what's the point of having a legal a justice system then if you're going to have a bias towards one way or an, or another you know this is where you're meant to get your justice fight for justice and if the courts are not representative of a like as fair and unbiased court system then i don't know it just it's it's just very murky and very dangerous territory Absolutely. And like even like the Polish judicial system works like kind of similarly to the Irish one here where judicial rule is super important, which really means that what the judges say and what they rule on cases sets precedent for like the next kind of case that'll come up. So like this is not even damaging for now, but like it can be pulled on in the future for like future cases and like can set like a legal precedence, which can be like really, really damaging years and years into the future, not even now. You know, like this is like, it's a big deal. Like it is a big deal. And I think people can get... Like I was literally having a rant to Neve, like literally before we started recording, that things like judicial systems can kind of fall to the wayside if they're not maintained, and it's only when you know they're taken advantage of that it can it shows how important that they are actually to upholding democracy and democratic values and making sure everything is fair and just of how easily they could be hijacked if the wrong people get into power, which is literally what's happened 
here. And like the commission has come out and said that it what's happening now completely undermines the independence of Polish judges. It's not compatible with primary EU law on like how the judicial system should be run and fair and impartial judgment. And that this disciplinary proceedings is particularly worrying because like judges can be thrown out of a job, they can lose their salary. They can get detained. They can like range from like a whole load of stuff if their rulings aren't like deemed appropriate, that they're inappropriate, which is such even like passive aggressive language. That's like really sinister. Mm. The court like came out and they said it's not a real like to quote chilling effect, which it really is. And like for now, they've requested interim measures. So really what will happen now is because the Court of Justice for the European Union has made this ruling that it's going to be escalated up through the European Union channels itself. But in the interim time, they've requested that the suspension of this disciplinary kind of chamber that the Supreme Court is holding over judges and that they suspend the provisions preventing Polish judges from directly applying certain provisions of EU law that protect judicial independence. So that's like, you know, getting rid of things that will stop them from giving their actual fair and impartial judgment. But yeah, so she's all, it's all very dark and sinister and chilling yeah and it's all kind of really all this is the accumulation of a kind of overall of the country's judicial system that's been coming since the current majority party in Poland the law and justice party got into power in 2015. Yeah and I think as as well ever since they've gotten into power I think there's been nothing short of headlines of a lot of right-wing policies that have been implemented and the breaching of human rights laws and like the you know superseding eu law and i suppose the law and justice party they have been in power like you said since 2015 and they're currently the largest political party in poland and they're also the dominant party of their right-wing party essentially um so the prime minister of poland his name is now excuse me i don't want to say this is Matthews morawiecki so he's been in power as the prime minister since 2017 their political system is very similar to ours they have a parliamentary system you know at a upper house lower house same you know Dal shannon in ireland they've the senate as well so they've been in power since 2017 but i think one of the most consequential figures in the law and justice party is president andrea duda he was re-elected um, as president of poland uh, just in 2020 election and essentially this was a really close election it was really consequential because there's been a lot of different policies that have undermined certain groups in poland and we'll get into that later as to who the what these policies who what groups they're affecting and been condemned widely by the EU. So Andrea Duda, he is the president of uh, of the Law and Justice Party, and he won the election by an incredibly narrow vote. He won by fifty one point twenty one percent. The opposition candidate was Rafael Trzaskowski, who got forty eight point seventy nine percent of the electorate, and he was the mayor of Warsaw. He's been in that position since two thousand eighteen. Still holds that position. He was representing the civic platform, which is much more of a left wing party with a centre left party, really. But it was one of the biggest turnouts ever that they've had. A you know a report of sixty eight percent come to the commission to vote, and I suppose. Andrea Duda, he his policies were very much like family first policies, very much pro family, pro religion, family values. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Whatever some some people may defined as traditional family values and uh, like it was a very polarizing campaign you know he was attacking specifically lgbtq plus people and their rights and also there was a lot of um very controversial and very um controversial issues regarding jewish wartime compensation claims uh duda also has his popularity kind of stems primarily you know in strong rural areas and small towns Mm -hmm. in the east of the country where 
the mayor of Warsaw, Mr. Trowski, was the same reach. No, he was. It's kind of it's very similar to the traditional what you'd see in most countries of, you know, right versus left, you know, urban versus rural. You know, mm-hmm. Mr. Trowski of you know the mayor of Warsaw, he was very well received in larger cities and western regions that you know that had the border with Germany. And Mr. Trowski was, you know, he was a supporter of same-sex civil partnerships in Poland supporter of gay rights and I suppose like this was a very it was very consequential because in the sense that people who had already people who've already lost rights under the rule of parliament and under also the rule of the presidency and I suppose like again their presidency is similar to ours in the sense that due to he can veto any legislation that comes forward so but obviously he won't do that if it's in line with his party and he'll just sign yeah exactly he'll sign whatever legislation that fits in line with his ideology and his political beliefs as i was saying the most controversial thing about him was his stance on lgbtq plus rights anyone who hasn't heard in the last couple of years poland has under the law and justice party there have introduced these lgbt free zones They've, yeah, since since about like March 2019, it started off with like local authorities, so kind of county council equivalents in Ireland, adopted these like really discriminatory anti-LGBTQI plus resolutions that were like, you know, they wanted like traditional values, family rights. um, And there was even like applications put in to declare these LGBTQI plus free zones where like everyone basically had to adopt these traditional values resolution to exist there and this kind of whole ideology has really gathered momentum throughout Poland with like really all like accumulating in that they're now LGBTQI plus people are banned from adopting children as couples um, and some local authorities are trying to propose the ban further where people were getting around it where they apply to be like single parents that they're complete they're trying to completely ban anybody who identifies as LGBTQI plus from adopting children even as a single parent which is absolutely horrific um, so they're like under this new law that they're bringing forward, the authorities are basically requiring a background check to be performed for anyone adopting a child as a single parent. And if they're found to be a part of a same sex relationship or having been a part of a same sex relationship, they will be criminally liable, which isn't just like a civil case where like you'll get a fine, which is obviously still awful. But like, you know, this is criminal like this is it's not been specified exactly what it will be because it obviously has to go through the various parliamentary legislative checks and stuff like that. But like the, when you're talking about criminal liability, jail time is a very real possibility there. And it just, it it's just very archaic. I just couldn't, you know, when this kind of news news broke, it just almost seems like what century we're living in. Especially when you're part of the European Union, um, mm-hmm. you know, and a majority of European Union or most, um, you know, have either civil partnerships or marriage equality. You know, same sex marriage, and and it's just, it's just very worrying. Like you're kind of getting into the realm of Russia, where it's still, you know, it's still illegal to be an LGBTQ plus person. And I th- just think it shows the extent of how much this is there. The four of the party's philosophy and ideology is because you know during the campaign trail in July of 2020, you know President Duda he signed an anti LGBTQ plus rights pamphlet before the election, and he called it the Family Charter. And essentially, this had pledged to ban marriage equality, the adoption of children by LGBTQ plus people 
and you know LGBTQ plus education in schools which is just I mean and that's a topic that's been discussed you know people like a lot of different political parties across Europe want to bring in LGBTQ plus education in schools and it's just it, it, it's very it's very worried and I suppose like we're sitting here obviously we can only imagine that we're sitting here as to you know cis straight white women we can't understand like you know if you're in that community and your rights are just completely stripped away mm-hmm. And people have been saying that ever since, you know, Poland has risen from communism. There are an array of political parties in Poland, but, you know, the law and justice are one of the one of the most prominent and during their time in power, they've just been erosion away at the democratic pillars that have been put in place. And I think this is one of the key components, I suppose, anyway, in recent years, you know, this is just so destructive. Like this is not a right or a left issue. This is a human rights issue. Absolutely. And it's it's really sad seeing like once again, a right wing party like trying to polarize a human rights issue for their own benefit and like even like you were saying Duda's use of the family charter and like family rights and like framing it in a family context it's very damaging language to every member of the LGBTQ community and really like capitalizing on what a lot of right-wing parties do which is call back to like tradition and be like you know times were better than the mm. monopolized kind of sorry even utilize people's nostalgia as a political weapon against lgbtq plus i people and make that a cornerstone of their party it's just really damaging it's really really fucking horrible and it's just really it's really awful and even that like um the european um agency for fundamental rights they did a report now this was back in like 2019 but that 15% of lgbt QI people in Poland experienced physical attacks or sexual violence in the last five years and that's the highest rate in the EU and you also need to really bear in mind that if there's so much anti-LGBTQI laws how underreported that figure actually is and it's just exactly 15% like my guess is it's much higher than that like there's no way because if there's all this rhetoric being built up you know and it's just it's just really worrying but I suppose like, and there needs to be a lot of, um, really a lot of intervention for, from the EU. But of course, like, obviously, Amy, you'll know this better than I is There's legalities in terms of, like, the sovereignty that member states do. Obviously, they have to comply with EU law, but then they still have, you know, their own laws to implement as well. So it's kind of what can the EU Commission do? Like, what can, or what can the EU Parliament do? Or what can the European Court of Justice do to really kind of stamp down on this and it is really murky like like you were saying Eve. like it's obviously you know it's the judicial freedom of every country within the eu to carry out their own legislation as a membership of the eu with the perks of all the funding and everything you get you have this responsibility to comply with wider eu law that's kind of been established for the member states which obviously you know human right violations would really fall underneath that and the EU came out very strongly against these freedom zones that you know, Poland were trying to implement. The European Commission president, Ursula von der Leyen, she said, being yourself is not an ideology, it's your identity. They came out that they would not be supporting this. It was not in line with the EU regulations and they pleaded with Poland to retreat from the legislation that they would be proceeding with this. Like you said, Neve, it's really hard to actually do it's hard to do stuff to prevent it and particularly to get ahead of it because this stuff only really escalates up to the European um, Commission when it's gone really far. Like it's 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 already been implemented and we're already seeing the effects of it. 
and there's kind of like two things that the EU are have at their disposal that they can kind of you know utilize to I guess combat these human rights violations the first one and the one that people might be familiar with is article 7 of the Treaty of European Union so okay. it, I'm not so uh, let's <laughs> Let's dive into that a bit more now. Let's get into it. Uh, So the Treaty of European Union, she is the cornerstone documentation. She's that bitch. She rules what the the European Union does. I just love how we've gendered her. She She is. She is the moment. She is the moment. oh my god (laughs) it really is she really is she is that she is that bitch and she basically um article 7 specifically is an article that can be enacted when the eu identifies a member state is persistently breaching the eu's founding values interesting yeah and it's 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 one of those like law kind of articles that are lovely kind of very much flowery language using a bit of buzzwords but and um, the founding values are for the eu are respect for human dignity freedom democracy equality the rule of law and respect for human rights including the rights of persons belonging to a minority in that country so if you're looking at poland what have they done the rule of law with all that judicial stuff big x going through that they're not mm. upholding the rule of law that law is not impartial democracy could be argued they're not upholding that with the judicial stuff uh-uh, gone and then respect for human rights it could be argued that you know they're not upholding that with the lgbtqi plus rights and then of course the sexual reproduction rights that yeah. have been an issue within poland as well which is basically that there has been legislation being brought in that's limiting actually completely not, what am i saying limiting it's completely abolishing any reproductive rights for women like in 2020 the minister for justice announced plans to withdraw from the istanbul convention which is an international treaty on the violence against women which is like awful that basically they're retreating from you know upholding committing to uphold any rights against violence against women and then also the constitutional kind of tribunal that they had on this has ruled that access to abortion on the grounds of this is to quote severe and irreversible fetal defect or incurable illnesses that threaten the fetus's life are unconstitutional so it is basically making any sort of abortion illegal and i think anyone who was looking at kind of the you know when all this happened when they withdrew from the from the istanbul convention you know it, it did it, they broke out with a number of protests of primarily women but of course there were you know women and men combination protesting that their reproductive rights and you know their right to choose their right to their body was being taken away from them but again that like this constitutional belief you know that life begins with conception is usually goes hand in hand with right wing but then again we're not dealing with a normal right wing party here this is a far right party and reproductive rights are being stripped not only in Poland but we've seen it you know in a number of um US states as well Georgia in particular so I think this is kind of almost another combative strategy that far-right politicians are using and look I think obviously every country is entitled to do what they want but at the same time it's just reversing something that a lot of people a lot of people feel this is their fundamental right to have full bodily autonomy and this is essentially what this rule does um but of course if you are a supporter of the Law and Justice Party, you're delighted to hear about this. But I think even just pulling out, like pulling out of that convention is incredibly dangerous because that just doesn't cover like 
it's not just reproductive rights, it's violence. It's an international treaty, like you said, Amy, on violence against women. And that can look at an array of different policies and issues that can arise. And I just think pulling out of that is, again, it's just it's just quite worrying. And I think as well, between this and the almost zero LGBTQ plus rights in the country, the fact that you now have the court system, which is supposed to be the checks and balances, the bias that's now being implemented in, in what the commission is saying and these it's it's just very worrying because, you know, if you do still have faith in the justice system and that, you know, justice will be served and your rights as a human being will be upheld, it's it might seem a bit needle in a haystack type situation if you have judges who are biased and who, you know, if they don't vote, if they don't rule in line of they have authorities coming down their neck. So I think that's that's why you can understand why the commission is getting quite annoyed, annoyed, sorry, that's underplaying it. They're getting quite concerned and this is a huge issue i think that you like that's just it all summarized there to be honest with you like it is it's just that like when you start you know and i think it was really intentional what the law and justice party did that the second they came in they started eroding the powers of judicial system because you cannot when you start taking that away and then start implementing these policies it's impossible to do anything internally in the country with that when they have skewed that so far in their favor it's really scary to see like how easily that can be done which is why i'm like had these things just like they always fall maintaining judicial systems like fall away to the wayside in so many countries and it's only when this stuff happens now that it's so clear and like how easily it can be done and it can be manipulated and i think like it is scary as well to see how difficult it is for the european union to intervene because even with this article seven which is specifically for the European Council, um, that um, they can, if they find that somebody is, you know, a member state is in breach of this Article 7, they can vote to suspend any rights of the membership, such as voting or any kind of like representation. Um, but identifying a breach requires a unanimous vote, excluding obviously the state concerns. But sanctions require only a qualified majority vote. So that would be that at least, 72% of the member states like must approve that you know the sanctions are needed but the thing about it and also important an abstinent vote counts as a vote against just a little sidebar in that yeah so interesting interesting so people can like weaponize that you know like to show ties like they're like oh I'm staying out of it but if you're actually staying out of it you're you're voting against it and um, but people are kind of saying that um that's not going to be possible with Poland to enact article 7 because of Hungary so Hungary has a very similar um, yeah. kind of political landscape landscape to Poland at the moment it's a whole separate podcast but they're quite yeah. aligned to their ideology and therefore if Poland basically, you know, you, they need the unanimous vote to enact Article 7 for to actually strip them of their like voting rights and stuff, Hungary will be against that. So that's not a goer. So really the only the goer for them actually to, you know, implement any sort of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Not punishment, ramification. Obviously, the, the, the unanimous is not going to be a goer. You know, um, anyone who follows European politics, like Viktor Orban has been in just as far right as the Prime Minister of Poland and as President Duda. But I suppose maybe the the 72% majority is possible, I suppose. The only reason why I say that is because, I suppose, in order to combat or even just give us, like, symbolism, you know, politics loves symbolism. You know, the EU brought in the LGBTQ plus freedom zones, which... 
it's the conscious thing to do. And essentially this allowed LGBTQ plus persons everywhere in the EU should enjoy the freedom to live and publicly show their sexual orientation and gender identity without fear of intolerance, discrimination or persecutions. And this resolution was supported by nearly 500 MEPs, 492 to be exact, and then just 141 voted against and then another 46 abstained. But I'm like, if, if you're looking at those kind of figures, I know it's different, but if you're having like, this was obviously a cross-party resolution, you know, if you have like the likes of the EPP, which is, you know, very much a, a right-wing party with the likes of other left-wing party, you know, the socialist party, if they're coming to an agree on some something, I think, you know, that's where you kind of like, okay, no, this actually is like an issue that everyone should get behind. You know, I think when you have that cross-party alliance of centre-right, right and centre-left and left coming together, like 141, it's it's quite a slim majority that voted no. And it's probably is the tip, you know, the people who support, you know, the the law and justice party in Poland or the likes of Viktor Orban in Hungary. So I it, that that is possible, maybe sanctions. And I suppose like, like we spoke about Myanmar, sanctions do work to an extent, but doesn't stop the injustices happen that's the only thing that's the thing and like you know it it, it's it i guess at the sanctions point it's just trying to like halt them from developing any further um but it's like i don't know how effective sanctions are to um roll back stuff that's already been in place and like there's already talk about what sanctions they could put in for them so the one that's kind of been talked about the most is the fund for the next generation eu which is basically like a really big recovery fund that the eu has put together in order to support member states hit by the covid 19 pandemic so and that's kind of meant to roll out until 2023 so that is like the one that they're really talking about like we're going to exclude poland from this if they continue that way which obviously would be you know what that could possibly do is dwindle support for the law and justice party that you know it's like their actions that got us in this especially when like the COVID-19 pandemic recovery would be so important for every country in the world but it's just I guess it's just kind of scary to see how very clear human right violations how at the end of the day without a unanimous vote how little power the EU actually have uh, to intervene with it. I don't know, it is like the fact that they have such limited power. And then we've seen re- recently that a human rights chief, Adam Bonar, he's been ordered to leave his uh, post in one of the country's top courts. He was regarded as a nuisance to the Law and Justice Party. He was appointed by the Commissioner for Human Rights back in 2015, and it was due to end in September of 2020. But he, there, there, the Senate was in a, de- in a deadlock because there was a slim majority. So he ended up uh, kind of being out of date and you know, the vice president of the European Commission at the time basically said that, you know, that they're following closely the developments in rela- in relation to the Polish ombudsman and that it's of great importance to assure that institutions which defend human citizens' rights and plays an important role for upholding the law remains independent. So they were even concerned about this in 2020 and the fact that you're losing one of their top human rights justices or it's just, there's only so much, dipl- like, I don't know how far diplomacy can go in this, you know, like... Like, I just don't know what can happen. Like, unless maybe when the next election cycle comes along and, you know, Poland decides to vote out the Law and Justice Party and they have like a party like the Civic Platform who who advocate or who at least support LGBTQ plus people. Absolutely. Like, I think that's really like you were saying, Eve, like the lack of diplomacy, like when the party is like, really intentionally getting rid of any dissenting voices within like the government as a whole like outside the branches of you know 
the upper and lower house like where they're going into like commissioners and stuff like that and they're trying to get rid of that it's really really scary and it shows like how prevalent um i guess and how successful the law and justice party have been at really enforcing their ideology throughout um the poland kind of political and judicial system and really like making it bend to what they want like you were saying like the next election cycle is in 2023 and it will see like will if they are excluded from the next generation eu fund will that make a difference will people care you know is it is the kind of legacy of you know how unpopular the law and justice party has been on socioeconomic issues they had a really popular flagship um, 500 plus child subsidy program which extended to cover like all families with like all number of children and it was like really symbolic for like boosting um, lower income households so like you were saying Eve, like they have a lot of support in kind of the rural countries of it so like will I guess the kind of legacy support for the law and justice party if they are excluded from the EU fund if these sanctions do make a difference like will that make enough difference to kind of erode all that support that they have from I guess tapping into the traditional values of Poland the kind of the very similar to us they've a strong Catholic history tapping into those kind of traditional Catholic ideologies and they're like really popular socioeconomic policies. Will that be enough to keep them keep them going? You know what? It might. It honestly, it might. I think you know people are just inherently will think about well, what will this do for my situation and for my life? And if you've, it's it's very much kind of indicative of any successful leader. Like, what has this leader done to benefit my life, whether it's financial gain or, and also I suppose like if you're a Eurosceptic, which you know. It's not. It's just not uncommon for people in the law and justice party. It's feeding into that. It's feeding into the to the euro skepticism, and I suppose it's interesting. Like you know, law and justice haven't been able to shake the the support of the, of their voters uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Despite like you've seen, you know, Bolsonaro in Brazil, the incredibly and unnecessary like high death toll, high number of cases, and you know we've seen a lot of backlash for him because his handling has been horrific the same with trump as well with regards to telling people to drink bleach which obviously no one should do and just his handling of the pandemic covid19 hasn't given far-right leaders everything but it just doesn't seem to be cracking you know president duda at all and it's just i don't know i think maybe if we were on, on the ground we'd get a deeper insight but at the moment you're kind of hoping maybe if the next election comes around and i suppose there was such a tight margin in the presidential election and i know it is similar to ours where it is a head of state but again like i think it's very it can be very symbolic and so yeah i think it'd be very interesting just to see like if he can shake his supporters or if there will be a sudden surge in support for more left-wing parties like civic platform and i think like what you said there Neve's great point like we're not on the ground we don't know exactly like obviously what the pulse of the electorate is in poland we only have like political polls to go off which have been extremely flawed as shown in recent years and even though like obviously I said there it's really scary that what little the European Union can do to help the fact that they you know they're still able to put sanctions on them that there still is some influence that they have over them is like important and it is good that we have at least those abilities you know like to protect human rights in the very limited way that we are able to and I think if it's an issue that you really care about as everyone I think should the encroaching of human rights is an absolute issue everybody should care about like definitely contact your local um member of the European Parliament you can literally google it to get a 
get their name there's like we've a couple from ireland contact them let them know it's an issue that you care about they can bring it up in the european parliament i don't think we actually in ireland have a lot of understanding about what happens in the european parliament we're a bit moved from that they talk about all these issues all the time and there's actually so many committees that people sit on that can really impact policies and change and really push for more sanctions and things like that so definitely contact them you could they have all their email information it's really easy to find they all have offices in ireland even if it is an issue that you care about i would definitely encourage anybody to contact the member of the european parliament that's closest to where you live and look this is something that we'll definitely be covering on in the future it's going to be um currently evolving issue and if there are any other european political issues you want us to touch on once to get involved in look we're happy to do so it's a very interesting facet to the whole the entire landscape of european politics and i think you know we want to do as much as we can to inform and have a chat about and if there's anything in particular that kind of you are interested let us know dm us on twitter or instagram at the polling pod and don't forget to listen to us on acast spotify and apple podcasts and yeah this has been another week of the polling station podcast with you and amy so do tune in next week and you can hear from us or get in contact with us on our twitter and instagram until next week bye, bye.